Hey friends, welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. We hope you enjoy what you're listening to, and may you find peace and grace in all the words that are before you. Nice to see you. My name is Jason. I'm uh, one of the pastors here at Arcata United Methodist Church and Catalyst Church. Yes, both of those. <laughs> um, tonight we find ourselves here in the midst of another Christmas season. Um, everyone I talk to says, man, it really just snuck up on us this year. Are you with me? Yeah. It, I, don't, it, I was last night doing some Christmas shopping. <laughs> And the lady at the counter said the same thing. I've heard over and over again. It just snuck up on us. I think it's because school must have ended on. It ended on Friday, and you know we're all trying to get going. Um, but here we are, another year later, celebrating this extraordinary event of Christ's birth. And I'm in awe that everyone here tonight is here to bear witness, not only to Christ being born anew in your lives as individuals, but also as a community. But we're also here to tell the story again of how God intervened to this thing we call life. Uh, My son back there just said, why do we do this again, Dad? I know this story already. (laughs) I know, you're right. We we all know the story. So this is a story of how something new begun. As a pastor each year, as pastors, we're, we're tasked with finding an entry point into your lives and my life that gets past the tinsel and the lights and the advertisements and the last-minute gift shopping that I did last night with my kids on our way to church. 
and our credit card bill that comes with it. And for a moment, I get to talk about the rawness and the realities of how God showed up in the midst of the world's biggest empire to revolutionize and subvert what the world offers. God shows up subversively in the smallest possible way to an ordinary couple, Joseph and Mary. So our entry point into the story tonight is through Joseph, a quiet, unassuming descendant of the house of David. So our text this evening doesn't tell us much about Joseph. So it's quite easy to dismiss him as a minor character. We talk about Mary a lot. We talk about Jesus a lot. We hardly ever talk about Joseph. But isn't it the nature of God to use the minor characters to communicate and display his love? Isn't it like God to find the most subtle way into the story? And then it requires us to pay attention to the details, because the details matter to God. Joseph's role could easily get lost as the guy who was on the sidelines, who's asked to do and play one of the most difficult, scandalous, impossible roles in human history. The text tells us that Joseph was a righteous man, meaning he was most likely a devoted Jew, devoted to God, and concerned with practicing a life full of justice and fairness. Perhaps he's someone who just wants an ordinary life, one that is full of being a hardworking carpenter, and that's, that's a real-life hardworking carpenter. <laughs> and he doesn't want to call attention to himself. We know that he's betrothed to his fiancée, Mary, and one morning he wakes up to find that his whole world has been interrupted with news that he didn't expect. So knowing Joseph is a righteous man is important because that word can mean that he prides himself on observing the divine laws of God. It means he's upright, he's virtuous. It means that Joseph's righteousness, righteous world has been interrupted with a, a woman who he thought he knew well. Someone who he had covenanted with for life. He's interrupted with an illegitimate pregnancy, a pregnancy he's not involved in, and that would potentially ruin his righteous standing. The text tells us that Joseph planned to dismiss her quietly. That resonates. This isn't just about her reputation. It's about his, too. We're worried about our reputations a lot, I think. And it's easy for us to dismiss something. So for a moment, think about Joseph's lineage. Matthew, Matthew certainly makes a point to tell us about it. Interestingly, the verses that are immediately preceding our gospel reading this evening. Matthew gives us this genealogy of Jesus' ancestors. I'm not going to go through them all. He mentions Abraham, a patriarch who, is a, who abandoned his son Ishmael, and twice, twice, two times, endangered his wife's safety in order to save his own skin. I don't think she would have stayed with me. <laughs> he mentions, Matthew mentions Jacob, the trickster usurper who, who humiliated his older brother. He mentions David, who slept with another man's wife and then ordered that man's murder to protect his own 
reputation. He mentions Tamar, who pretended to be a sex worker, and Rahab, who was one. These are just a few of the examples that represent the lineage of Joseph. This is part of Joseph's lineage, and if we want to sanitize his consent to Mary's pregnancy, we deny his humanity and what God is trying to do through it. We sanitize, if we sanitize his consent to Mary's pregnancy, we deny his humanity and what God was trying to do, do through it. Isn't it true that God uses the most unlikely people the people who don't think they're worth anything, the people who don't have it together, the people who have a lineage of brokenness. Right here? Totally, right? I cut my I have an adopted father who his father was an alcoholic who tried to sell him. I have his father tried to do the same thing. I mean, it just goes back and back and back. I have an, al- an alcoholic grandfather. Are you all with me? Yeah. Our family lines do not look seamless, do they? But God redeems. He always like he takes the most unlikely situations and makes them different. He breathes something new into them. Something that we couldn't have seen. Something that we thought was impossible. Are you with me? The birth of Jesus demands interruption in our lives. My question this evening is how will our lives be different tomorrow from what we know today? We know that the arrival of Christ happened. And our lives have to be different because of it. We we know something new. And we get to come back to it every year. When my son asks, why don't we do this every year? It's because we get to do this every year. And we get to go, oh, that's right. He was born. And there's something new that happens. And there's something new that gets birthed into some dark situation that maybe we're in. Are you with me so far? So when Joseph sees Mary's swollen belly... I imagine him crumbling inside. I think this is why the angel who appeared to him said, Joseph, son of David, son of a lineage of brokenness and messy humanity, full of a a whole list of family that don't have it together, these tricksters, Moabites and Canaanites, People who aren't even part of uh, the line. I mean, there's so much adoption in there. It's, it's just this wonderful, beautiful mess. And we could stop here in the lineage and see those labels as what they are defined, what, who those people are defined by. But God does not define us by those things. Are you with me so far? Yes. What does the angel tell Joseph? Don't be afraid. Joseph, I want you to love a woman whose story you don't understand. I want you to do something and be a part of something that you don't quite get. We want to get things, don't we? But I want you to stand with her, even if you don't know what the whole path looks like. I want you to protect that baby and be the father to that baby. That's impossible. Do not be afraid. I want you to accept that baby fully as yours. See, it's difficult for me to relate to a man who would willingly jump into obedience. Don't be afraid, Joseph. Just go marry her and just willingly jump in. I don't think that's the story. I think that's us just like wanting to 
make it look clean and do it without question. It's difficult for me to relate to righteousness and order and an ideal that I thought would be my reality. But I can relate with a guy who is called by God in an unconventional way to do something that falls outside of what is perceived as the right way to do it. Because my experience and the experience of the people that I know is it's always unconventional. It never just goes this way. It always goes different than you want to, right? I can relate with a person who says yes, but is scared and cautious and does not like interruptions. And the birth of Jesus is that. It's God interrupting the rhythm of our lives. And it's okay to be scared of the impossible. But the birth of Jesus says, do not be afraid. When God appends, upends your cherished assumptions and your righteousness, do not be afraid when God asks you to stand alongside the scandalous, the, def- the defiled, the suspected, and the shamed. G- Richard Rohr says it this way. Jesus did not come to change the mind of God about humanity. Jesus came to change the mind of humanity about God. God is not trying to meet our expectations. God is trying to change our perspective of who God is. And maybe you think God will not show up because you're messed up, you're not worthy, whatever the, whatever the narrative is in your, in your mind. But God does show up, and he says, do not be afraid. So my question I'll leave you with tonight is how will you allow the birth of Jesus to change you tomorrow? Would you pray with me? Lord God, thank you for the gift of your word tonight, for just the celebration of coming uh, to this earth. And I pray, Lord, over each and every person in this room, God, that they would know their full worth because of you. I pray that everyone in here, Lord, whatever message they're getting, Lord, about who they are, I pray they would know they are, they are yours, they are defined by you, they are loved by you, and they are called by you. And I pray for courage for this church to stand up and breathe something new and allow your breath to fill those dark places. In the holy name and the birth of the resurrected Jesus. Amen.